at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrude and I've got my brother Justin with me. And we are going to go over uh, the Monday Night Football game. We're going to hit up a little bit of uh, today's headlines, uh, go over some waiver wire madness, and then... uh, get out of this garbage because a lot of us had a really crappy week in week two. Would you agree, Justin? Uh, yeah. And uh, Monday night was the definition of uh, garbage night. My garbage normally comes on Friday mornings, but uh, definitely uh, this week's garbage uh, showed up on Monday night. Mine shows up yeah. on Monday mornings, but you know, so it was just a garbage day for me here on Monday. Um, as I mean, as many of you guys know, we are Seahawks fans. I, we were born and raised in Seattle. We've, you know, we've been cheering for, you know, blue and green since. We are lifelongers. We're not the. Um, we didn't start. Root- we didn't start rooting for the Seahawks in in two thousand five and two thousand six. Yeah. Or in two thousand fourteen. <laughs> yeah. Um. We we can name players that uh, did not wear the current color scheme. Black yeah. and the 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 silver and kind of that. N- light bluish almost like the detroit lions blue and silver with a slight green yeah so a slightly less pissed seahawk yeah see we actually went to games and actually saw you know dave craig yeah kingdom before it blew up i missed that place anyways we're off topic but it you know that's something nice to think about considering how crappy the seahawks are right now we're kind of hearkening back to those days to be completely honest um so let's just kind of dig into it a little bit. The Seahawks are terrible. The the Bears are much better. Besides that, well, okay, let's let's rephrase that. The Bears offense isn't that much better. Yes. And while while Jason Witten tried to kind of bolster up Mitch Trubisky tonight, he really is still not all that great. No. Um, the Bears swung and missed when they passed up on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson for yeah. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am not excited. I, I saw uh, an article earlier today about how Monday night, the Monday night football announcing broadcast is going to be a steaming pile uh, for the rest of the year. And it kind of was. I mean, as much as Jason Witten was a great football player, he's not – he needs a little bit more – to get in the booth. I think Tony Romo, great. Witten needs some help. <laughs> I would so, not even pick him up on the waiver wire as a fantasy announcer at this point. <laughs> so, okay, so let's actually, you know, the actual ups and downs of the game. Tyler Lockett had a semi-decent game in uh, in PPR. Uh, you know, that's kind of expected. He's a, you know, it's a boomer bust wide receiver three in PPR. Uh Russell Wilson was not great, especially if you're scoring subtracts points for sacks and subtracts points for uh, pick sixes. Or it's not just the interception, but also a pick six. We had I had a guy in my league that because of the sacks, which I think is another is like minus one point for every time he gets sacked. So there's minus six there. Uh, he had two fumbles. And lost two fumbles, so there's another. Well, let's see. If you lose a fumble, it's one point. If or if you fumble it, it's minus one. You lose the fumble, it's minus two more. So there's six, another six points there. And then the pick six was another minus three or four points. He lost by three points. <laughs> and, yeah, I and was I was secret I was secretly hoping for Russell Wilson to get a tackle and then Jordan Howard to get a touchdown from like the one yard line, but that didn't happen. So, really, the, the, main, the main issue with the offense is the offensive line. I mean, people can say that, that uh, Russell Wilson is holding on the ball too long. 
part of the problem there is he doesn't have the weapons outside. Doug Baldwin's not there. He really only has, uh, really is a weapon weapon would be, would be Tyler Lockett. Disley is a weapon. Disley is a weapon, but I mean, he's only getting like three catches a game, only being targeted four or five times. Yeah, which, Russell Wilson just has to he, – he is the player, so he feels like he has to do everything. So he doesn't want to get rid of the ball after two seconds like he should, which yeah. is the time limit that he had when he threw the touchdown to Lockett. It was one, two, throw, and Lockett got a touchdown. It was the same with Disley at the end of the game. Um, so, you know, it doesn't help that the offensive line is so bad. I was hoping for some improvement. I was, hope, I was trying to be optimistic. But they're terrible. I mean, we're looking at we're looking at a complete offensive line rebuild needs to happen. I mean, I'm semi okay to tank the season just so we can get. Well, no, because then they keep trading down and not pick up offensive linemen until the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds. Yeah. Um. Anyways, as far as the Bears go, uh, Allen Robinson. What, what did Allen Robinson finish with tonight? Do you have that? 10, 10 catches, 83 yards, no touchdowns, 14 targets. They peppered him all night. Now, um, Shaquem Griffin got two interceptions in this game because of that type of peppering. And it's just, to me, it didn't make any sense. With all the other weapons you have, whether Trey Burton or, or running the ball even, uh, Jordan Howard did have 14 rushes but it felt like he had five watching this game because he really got a lot of those rushes in the second half when they had a much larger lead this offense seems to be confused I mean in the preseason there was a lot of work to Trey Burton a lot of people including myself believed in Trey Burton and being a a sleeper to be a top five tight end this year but this offense is anemic kind of confusing because the identity of what they had in the preseason, now granted we shouldn't put too much into the preseason, but the identity that they had from Nagy was that they would use the tight ends and being a little bit more pass-heavy on the perimeter than I think that they, than a lot of people thought that they would. Now, Allen Robinson, solid player, but still I think they're being a little bit more pass-heavy than most would have thought. Well, I think that part of that was the the offense or the the defense of the Seahawks actually was plugging up the run a bit. Uh, you know, at one point, what they what they say it looked like um, it looked like uh, Jordan Howard was averaging one point nine yards per carry. So I mean, well, he, he finished with two point five, so it didn't get much better. Well, he had a couple of longer runs towards the end of the game, but anyways, so uh, Jordan Howard will get his points. Tariq Cohen will get his points. Um, but really, I'm not seeing a whole lot else other than own the Chicago Bears defense because as Greg, our, our, uh, our fellow compatriot here at Skull King, who grew up a Chicago Bears fan, says this is the best Bears defense he has seen since the mid-'80s. So Yeah, and, and I, would, I would agree. Uh, just be, I mean, Mac right now is causing a bunch of, of, of trouble uh, they're moving him around a lot. Trevathan's getting a little bit more access to the quarterback on his blitzes. It's just it, right now it's a mess. But the first two weeks, who knows? Seattle, I'm not that impressed with all the sacks that they got against Seattle. Seattle's offense has been known to be weak for the last two years. So, And we also – A couple of weeks against maybe a Minnesota or against some of the better offensive lines that, they're, that they'll face the rest of the season, then I'll be a little bit more impressed. All right. So now that we're done talking about that garbage, steamy garbage Monday nights. All right, let's go ahead and get into today's headlines. Today's headlines. All right, so we'll start it off. A uh, giant center, John Hawapio, suffered a season ending broken ankle week two against the Cowboys. So what that means is uh, the. Even though the uh, Giants' offensive line was god-awful, it's about to get worse. Yes. Uh, we talk, I talked about this in the preseason as why I was a little more hesitant than most on Saquon Barkley uh, and why I'm still somewhat hesitant on an Evan Ingram, even though Ingram had a great week, is that this has been a historically bad offense in the running game. And Ezekiel Elliott, as a lot of people thought, Saquon Barkley is the next – 
Ezekiel Elliott, the next Alvin Kamara. But the problem is Ezekiel Elliott came in to the best offensive line in the league. Saquon's coming in to a bottom five offensive line in the league, and it just got worse with an offensive center that's now gone. So it's early. Hopefully they can get some quality stuff there. But if they begin to lose or someone else gets banged up, this is going to be a real problem. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, moving on, uh, Aaron Jones is eligible to return from his two-game suspension this week. Uh, if he's available on waiver wires, this would be a good time to pick him up. Or actually, honestly, you should have picked him up last week uh, yes. to give yourself a little bit of a head start. If he's still there and you you have waiver priority, he would definitely be a guy to look at. Um, from what I was able to see last year, he was the more productive running back. Um, when he was healthy. When he was healthy. So. That's uh, definitely want to keep an eye on that. See if Aaron Jones is out there on your waiver wire. So here we go. The, so, the Browns are signing kicker Greg Joseph. Was that the actual guy that got signed, Justin? Uh, yes. Uh, after today's workout, formerly of the Dolphins, um, you had mentioned a stat. He hasn't kicked in the NFL. And no. his kicking percentage was what? In like college? 65% in college. And, yeah, he's only the Cleveland Browns. So... <laughs> Well, the Vikings expected to sign Dan Bailey. Looks like he is ready to go. Dan Bailey is back. He actually, I heard that he actually turned down like three or four different offers from other teams before finally signing with them. Yeah, I guarantee you the Browns tried to call him first, and he's like, nah, nah. I'm good. So Dan Bailey's, I honestly, I think Dan Bailey, one of the more accurate kickers in the league, I think that he is, unless it's a Minnesota thing. Unless there's just something with Minnesota that they're just cursed. Something bad in the air or <laughs> apparently Vikings don't like the sissiness of kickers. Whatever. Curse. <laughs> Bills running back LaShawn McCoy has cracked rib cartilage, leaving him questionable for Sunday's game at Minnesota against the Vikings per source. McCoy should not miss more than one game if that McCoy has played with this injury before is not expected to sideline him very long. At this point, I'm not playing – I'm not playing him anyways. I mean, the Bills are so awful. I mean, yeah. awful. And this is one of those things, Ivory and Marcus Murphy, Marcus Murphy ahead of Ivory, but neither one of those should be even flexible, even in like a 14-team league, because the Bills are so awful. McCoy is really the only player. With him out, find other options. Yep. All right, speaking Monday, Bucks head coach Dirk Cotter Declined to commit to Jameis Winston as the team's starting quarterback when he comes off suspension week four. Why would he even Duh. Want, want to bring in Jameis Winston when you have when you have Ryan Fitzmagic throwing the ball all over the place, having great chemistry with his receivers, and they're winning games. You do not screw with that kind of with that kind of chemistry. Not just winning games. Winning games against Quality defenses. Yeah. Well, last year's quality defenses. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get that. We'll get into that when we get to the waiver wires. But Fitzpatrick should be owned in every league, every league at this point. Jameis Winston, who? Yeah, basically. Um, what else was I seeing? Oh, I, th I was gonna. I was gonna mention something about something about the dirt cutter. Something about James Winston and, and and Fitz. Oh, side note: Fitz Magic is actually being trademarked. Yeah, by Minka Fitzpatrick. By Minka Fitzpatrick, <laughs> because he's been called that since like high school or something. Yeah, apparently he wants to try and uh, steal Fitzpatrick's money. I mean, the the man is is trying to play for his life and is playing out of his mind. I I honestly think that's part of it is that Fitzpatrick has had nothing to lose. Of course, he's going to go out there and just sling it all over the place because, okay, uh, if he throws a couple interceptions, he's going to do exactly what he was going to do in week four anyway and lose his job. Now he's tearing it up and has potentially earned himself, I would say not potentially, has earned himself the starting spot for at least the next four weeks after Winston comes back. Yep. All right, moving on. Ravens coach John Harbaugh has confirmed that running back Kenneth Dixon uh, with his knee on injured reserve will be a candidate to return in eight weeks. 
I'm not holding my breath on this one. Um, Still sit on this, waivers. This is a guy. Yeah, this is a guy that's had uh, had some knee issues anyways uh, beforehand. That was de- dealing with them last year. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, speaking Monday, Packers head coach Mike McCarthy said that Aaron Rodgers' knee was sore, but that he escaped without further damage in Sunday's tie. Other than the fact that they tied. Um, <laughs> <laughs> keep Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's definitely the guy to go with. Um, let me see the, well, we'll get to that at the end. Uh, coach Dan Quinn said Monday, the Falcons are not sure about Devonta Freeman's knee return timeline. Keep firing up Coleman. And those um, not- of you who drafted him are going to, are going to be very frustrated over the next couple of weeks because this could linger two, three weeks. High draft stock. This is going to be annoying. It'd be, it'd be better if he got, was fully out, injured reserve, and those kinds of things. But this is going to be something that may annoy you for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was high on, on Devonta Freeman, but this, you know, he's had some injury issues. Um, we'll, see, we'll see what Coleman can do with the, with the role himself. Cardinals coach, uh, here's some quote-unquote good news for all you uh, David Johnson drafters like me. Cardinals coach Steve Wilkes promised Monday that David Johnson will run more routes in the slot going forward. No, just hand him the freaking ball. They handed him the ball. The problem is they're getting down. Their defense is so bad, they're getting down early so fast that they have to throw. So, um if you could get a quarterback that gets more than 90 yards uh, on 17 completions, then, then maybe. But I think this is more a, a, a default of tough first two games. Uh, Washington is a solid defense, and the Rams are the best defense in the league, period, at this point. It's not even close. Well, and then you've got – on top of that, you've got Sam Bradford, who I think is done, let's be honest – I think he was done last year. He had one game of of I I call it the or I'll call it the Adrian Peterson effect. He's done, but he had nine months to rest. So yes, he's going to be fresh. Game two, what happens? Adrian Peterson ran for like what nine yards, nine yards or something like that. I'd have to double check, but it wasn't good. So this is one of those things that Bradford. This is if they lose again, like we said previous episode it's josh rosen time go josh rosen because if you're in there that means that larry fitzgerald will actually get some uh get some get some passes and get some catches and david johnson will be more productive period it's gonna happen all right uh sorry peterson had 20 yards 20 yards sorry okay so trade now agreed to officially the patriots are sending cleveland a fifth round pick and if Josh Gordon isn't active for 10 games, the Patriots will get back a late-round pick, probably a sixth or a seventh from the Browns. So it's official. Josh Gordon is a Patriot. One thing I'll say randomly, uh, really quickly, I think Josh Gordon needs to check his tires because Corey Coleman's probably slashing him because Corey Coleman lost his position at Cleveland because Josh Gordon came back. He gets signed by New England and gets cut for Gordon to come back. So, Josh Gordon, check your tires. Don't walk out into the parking lot alone. Corey Coleman may be coming for you. Make sure you have personal security around all your stuff because Corey Coleman, I'm sure, is going to start lacing your drinks with something. <laughs> another drug test. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, hey, th- that's I would, what to watch for. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Does, does that mean that the Patriots uh, should have been the Hard Knocks team this year? <laughs> maybe. Or maybe they'll right. be Hard Knocks next year. Maybe. Okay. So here's let's let's seriously actually dig into this. Is Josh Gordon going to be relevant this season? Yes or no? Uh, can I get a definition of relevant? flexible bench worthy like what 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 is the what is the parameters of relevant flexible Flexible. i'll put it right in the middle i'm gonna say no 
because if someone were to offer him to me in a trade, I would say no. A tremendous talent. Um, Brady now has weapons. Dorsett has proven value. Hogan um, didn't do anything for the first half, but then two touchdowns late. Uh, Edelman's coming back. Gronk. I just... I know Fong, who's a staff writer here, wants him to be Randy Moss 2.0. I just don't see that happening in this first year. He's going to have to learn the offense. He's going to have to prove himself uh, from a discipline standpoint. If he's relevant, it's not until week six and later. And at that point, it's only half of the regular season. I would look elsewhere. You're going into the playoffs at that point. Can he get enough of the offense down to be relevant for the playoffs? Okay, you tell me, and then I'm going to go look at the playoff schedule for New England. Uh, from what I've seen, uh, because I actually have their defense on one of my teams, it's, uh, I believe they're, they're actually a, a pretty good uh, pull on my team. They're going to have the Dolphins in week uh, 13, Steelers week 14, Bills week 15, Jets week 16. Uh, so I would no, say check that. check that the Jets are 17 so it's uh, Minnesota, well, that's, that's Minnesota, what it, 13, Minnesota week 13 Miami week 14 so for the, the playoffs Miami then Pittsburgh then Buffalo yeah he very well could be very fantasy relevant at that yes point. then I'm going to change my opinion because of the playoff schedule he's okay. going to have enough time to get under his belt you're just you're going to have to bite the bullet and keep him on your bench until he pops because I would rather because I am a risk-averse person I would rather have him sit on my bench and score 30 points than for me to put him in my roster and score zero so I would wait for him to pop and then play him once again probably not until week seven or eight but a playoff run that's some pretty good teams because the Steelers can't stop anybody the Bills are atrocious and the Dolphins that's the wild card because they always play well against the, the, the Patriots at home in Miami. All right. Uh, the Redskins are signing wide receiver Brashad Perriman. That's not fantasy relevant because he's horrible. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. We, so we, okay, we're trying not to be th that guy. Um, but there's a reason why he got released. He's been released. He's, he just he can't one, he can't stay healthy. It's just that he, is, he has not been very successful this, uh, you know, in his career. So uh, this is what fantasy owners absolutely love to hear, not. Coach Vance Joseph said that the Broncos will continue using a hot hand approach in the backfield. And Justin and all Freeman owners are shaking their heads in disgust. Freeman can't be the hot hand if you don't give him the ball. I believe he is the superior running back. I said this at the beginning of the season. Yes, Lindsay is doing a terrific job right now. Uh, it's just one of those bitter kinds of things. I, I, I think this is one of those things. I'm not, going, I'm not saying, let me preface this by saying, I'm not saying that Royce Freeman is the next Kamara. But this is one of those things that, like we talked about last year. The talent is there and the availability is there later in the season. Give it time. Cream always rises to the top. I think Royce Freeman will be the guy just right now. Lindsey's playing out of his mind. Quality running back. Kind of a hometown guy because he played college in Colorado. But I still believe that Royce Freeman is capable. Scored a touchdown. Got you some points if you played him. But right now, he's sitting on my bench, and I don't like having my fourth pick sit on my bench. Yeah, I hear you there. All right. Um, oh, good grief. The Redskins aren't done adding wide receivers. They signed Michael Floyd. So another useless uh, uh, pickup for them. Uh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Jarvis Landry uh, was limited in Monday's practice with the knee injury. Um I know a lot of guys, you know, running, why are they practicing on Monday? Well, you got to remember that the Browns and the Jets have the uh, Thursday night football game this week. That should be a real barn burner. Um, you know, the, hey, you know what? This, the, uh, the Browns have a shot with how good their defense is at actually winning a game. It's the Jets. Actually, so, they've, 
Actually, they've had a chance at winning two games already this year, and their kick and their kicker's blown it for them. Had they had a field goal kicker, they would be two and zero. Exactly. All right, uh, that is it for today's headlines. Why don't we go ahead now, and we will move into our waiver wire madness. Waiver wire madness. So, Justin, why don't we go ahead and I know that you kind of will have you lead this section. Uh, I'll kind of fill in here and there with some of my thoughts. Um, I've got a list of some of my own players as well. Uh, but why don't you go ahead and start off with the quarterbacks? Uh, starting off quarterback, uh, number one, we alluded to this earlier. He's been a top five performer for the last two weeks. Number one performer in week one. Ryan Fitzpatrick is still only currently owned in 31.4% of ESPN leagues. At this point, there should be no doubters in Fitzmagic. He is, he's having fun. He's, he's playing loose and free, carefree, because he had nothing to lose. Case in point is the press conference where he comes out and just has some fun. Um, he's torched two quality defenses in the Saints and the Eagles. Now, once again, it's early. I still think the Eagles and the Saints are quality defenses. But those defenses looked like junior hires playing against the Buccaneers so far. Uh, once again, both the Eagles and the Saints were playoff teams last year. He travels to Pittsburgh this week to face a team that just gave up 300 yards and six touchdowns to Mahomes. Ryan Fitzpatrick should be owned in every league at this point. Uh, quick, uh, quick uh, thing to add into that. Yeah, uh, how many? Okay, what was the percentage in in Yahoo or in uh, ESPN leagues? Thirty-one point four percent in Yahoo. He is only owned in twenty-three percent, so he is widely available. Go get him. In in the the percentages defense, I was leery of grabbing Fitzpatrick last last week. I normally don't carry two quarterbacks anyway. Um, and I was going to keep Rivers, who's, who's kind of my guy this year. Got him a couple of teams, have a couple of other quarterbacks. But I, I was sticking to my guns. After week one, I was not going to freak out and grab a quarterback. Now I'm entertained. Same here. Uh, real quick, uh, I don't know. I, shoot, I can't find the actual tweet. Uh, someone actually put this out there that um, all time, Ryan Fitzpatrick has more fantasy points for a quarterback for the first two games of a season than anyone all time. Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2018 is number one. Pat Mahomes in 2018 is number two. And number three is the hot start that Peyton Manning had in 2013 when Denver Broncos set all those records. Yeah. That tells you just how hot he is right now, so... Yeah, and Mahomes has obviously grabbed. A bunch of people grabbed him uh, in their drafts. Fitzpatrick should be owned. If, if you have – if you're in a deeper league, like a 14-team league, he should be owned regardless. Uh, if you had a Mariota thinking that that was going to turn around, talked about that last week, that would be a situation where you should have grabbed Fitzpatrick last week. If you didn't, you need to grab him now. All right, uh, anyone else you got uh, in the quarterbacks? Uh, I've got Case Keenum more or less as a if-you-need-one kind of a thing. The obvious go-to is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Once again, we believe in, in having one quarterback and then streaming on a bye, something along those lines. Um, but my other one is Case Keenum, currently owned in 25.9% of leagues. I don't like the turnovers, obviously. Um, Keenum struggled uh, this last week, but he's got great matchups the next two weeks. They'll be against the Ravens, who I think are not, um, in the words of, of, the, of the coach from, uh, from the Arizona Cardinals, uh, they are who we thought they were. Um, that is not the case with the Ravens. They are not who we thought they were at the beginning of the season. They got torched by Cincinnati, had a bad half. Um, I think they can be exploitable in the passing game. Keenum's got some great weapons. The following week, they go to Kansas City, who's scoring at will because they need to, because their defense can't beat, uh, can't stop anybody. Um, we liked Keenum at the beginning of the season. Weapons once again in Thomas and Sanders. He's getting help in the running game. 
um, with the relatively unknown Lindsay coming in and playing. Uh, Keenum's an option if you need, if you're in a, a two-quarterback league or you're in a deeper league and, and you want to feel comfortable in having a quarterback, great. This would be the option. But clearly Fitzpatrick is your go-to. Yep, have to agree with you there. So, all right, let's uh, move on to uh, – you want wide receivers or running backs next? Uh, we'll go running backs. All right. Um, my lead one here, um, and, and let me double-check what I've got here. Yeah, Number one on this list would be Giovanni Bernard, and that's because Mixon's going to be out one to four weeks because his knee just got scoped. Now, Mixon has the opportunity to only miss one week because he already had the surgery on Friday. They don't play until the Monday night game, I think, this next week. Let me double-check that. Or no, they, they play the, the Monday night the week that he comes back. Excuse me. Uh, so he's got kind of a two-week uh, resting time while only missing one week. Uh, I think he could be back. It depends on, on how the, the surgery, how he recovers, how that is handled, and those kinds of things. But Giovanni Bernard is a solid player. Um, solid player in PPR formats, a little less so. In, in standard formats, there's not as much of a drop, or there's not much of a drop, I should say, in Mixon to Giovanni Bernard. Gio has always been kind of that PPR, kind of a, not necessarily on the scale of a, of a Danny Woodhead or a Duke Johnson kind of a player, but Gio has always kind of been there in that third to fourth uh, range from a PPR running back perspective over the last couple of years. Mixon comes in, can do it all. Uh, obviously, there's a dip, uh, but there's not there's much less of a dip than say the Fournette to Yeldon situation. So I think Geo is someone you can grab off waivers and start next week. Okay, yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. I mean, the the opportunity is there. He is he's you know Bernard was was the actual starter there uh, a few years ago, and so you know he's he hasn't you know become all of a sudden crappy he is solid they've just had better talent there they've had younger guys that they wanted to get involved so um i definitely agree with you with bernard uh i am going to rail on this again pick up austin eckler people this is not this is not a you know hey look he's getting a little bit here and there uh, you know, they were up by so much. We'll just give them a little bit of this. He is being scripted into the game plan. Let me pull him. Let me pull up the stats for him one more time. Uh, here we go. Austin Eckler. Game one. Let's see. He's got just in his rush attempt, 16 rushes for 116 yards. Five for 39 in game one, 11 for 77 in game two. Plus, he's catching the crap out of the ball. Let me see if I can let's pull up his, his receiving stats. Uh, in two games so far, eight receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown. So he's actually, I think he's actually running the ball. He's more yards per carry on his runs than he does on his catches. Um, but... He is being scripted into the game plan. This is very much the same way that the Chargers scripted their offense when it was uh, Danny Woodhead and Ryan Matthews. So Eckler has has a role here. He is going to continually be flex worthy. If you have, if you're in a larger league, he can be a running back too. If you're in a 14, 15, or 14 to 16, 20 team league, he needs to be in your starting lineup. So. Yeah, one of the things that I'll add this week is he's going up against the Rams. So we all know that the Rams are the number one defense in the league. Where the Rams are strongest is on the perimeter with Tlaib and Peters at the corners and then right up the gut in the running game with Sue and Donald up the middle. One of the things that you saw from Jalen Richard in week one when the Raiders played was a lot of the dink and dunk in the pass game. Jalen Richard had like 10 targets, 8 catches, was involved, was the number one fantasy guy from the Raiders that game. So that's a lot like how I believe Eckler is going to be used. There's going to be a tremendous rush. There's going to be an easy dump off, and Eckler can do something with the ball when he has it in his hands after, uh, after catching the ball. So 
I agree with you. Eckler was one of my guys to grab this week. We talked about him last week. He should be owned. I'm hoping that he is not that he's owned in more than 50% of leagues so that we don't have to talk about him next week. Okay, good. All right. Uh, do you have any more running backs that you want to talk about? Uh, we talked about him uh, in a little bit of the news and notes. Aaron Jones currently owned in 45.6% of leagues. Um, his suspension's done, and he can compete and possibly win the starting job as soon as this week. It's a rare find to find someone on waivers that is a starter, and Jones had two games last season of 140 yards on the ground last year for the Packers. Jamal Williams has been less than impressive, and if Jones can prove himself in practice and become the starter, there's a relatively easy road after this week against Washington. Uh, if you can be patient and you don't need an immediate starter, I would give Jones a serious look. If you need an immediate starter, I would go Eckler uh, and Bernard. If you can wait and you want solid uh, running back bench depth, I would grab Aaron Jones because the upside, I think, is much better than the other two because he would be a starter. Table that a little bit with Eckler. I think Eckler's still a solid play regardless in a flex position, especially if you have a two-flex league. Um, but that's my thoughts with Aaron Jones. All right. Perfect. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Uh, I, you know, He should have been owned already. Uh, the only reason I didn't mention him is in Yahoo Leagues. He's owned over 50%. It's like 52 53%. So um, agree with you there. All right. Moving on. Uh, moving on for me to the wide receivers, uh, number one, and this is the, the top waiver wire ad for me uh, out of all of these people outside of Fitzpatrick, but once again, one quarterback league, this is the guy I would target first and foremost. That's Keelan Cole, currently owned in 48.4% of ESPN leagues. I didn't check Yahoo. Yahoo could be higher. Um, but if you haven't watched the catch from Sunday – you need to stop what you're doing right now. Stop listening. I'll give you permission to stop listening to the podcast, but you need to go watch that catch. Seriously. Uh, Cole channels his inner Odell Beckham Jr. with his one-point uh, catch. He kind of – I like his catch a little bit more than Odell's. Odell just kind of like reaches way back and like arches his back. But to me, Cole like – has to flip his body back the other way, high point it, and then turn back and then keep running. Uh, and he kept going. So um, I like this catch, high points it. We said at the beginning of the year that Keelan Cole was going to be the number one receiver in this offense, and he proved it Sunday against the Patriots. Now, Fournette returns uh, this next week from his hamstring injury. The Jags will go back to being a run-first offense. But anytime you can grab a number one wide receiver off the waiver wires, you need to do it. So Keelan Cole, the value's there. The upside is tremendous. He's the number one. You need to go get him if you need a receiver. All right. So he's one of the guys I was definitely looking at. Um, a quick mention, if he's not picked up already, Deshaun Jackson, he's owned right at 50% of, league, of leagues on Yahoo. So just throw that out there. Own him. To go along with DJX, Chris Godwin. I am playing. I I drafted Chris Godwin, dropped him because I kind of needed to. I am planning on picking him back up this week. While it's not a huge stat line, eight catches for ninety-seven yards, but two TDs. He has a TD in each game. This is a high-powered offense that they are not running the ball because they don't need to. Peyton Barber can't run the ball anyways. They have really no running whatsoever. And so Godwin, even in the slot, as their third wide receiver, is getting targeted. Uh, in the first game, he had three catches. I want to say he had three catches in the first half, including a touchdown. And then they backed off and stopped throwing because they were up 48 to 20 at the half. Yep. And so just kept running at the ball the second, the second half. So Godwin is going to be a factor this year he is a, in my opinion he's a start in larger leagues a flex start in larger leagues 14 and up in 12 he's a good bench stash uh bye week starter if you need it or if you have an injury that you're dealing with uh he is owned in 35 percent of yahoo leagues but if djax goes down he is easily going to fill in in that spot he's already shown that he's got some rapport with fitzpatrick 
And so, in my opinion, he is uh, a, in, a great guy to pick up that will be productive for your team, uh, especially in injury or bye week situations. Yeah, on uh, on ESPN, he's only sixty one point one percent of leagues. <laughs> it's amazing the difference between between it ESPN is. and Yahoo. It is, uh, and and that's why I didn't really talk about him. He is available in one of my leagues. He he's a guy that I'm going to target. Um, I like Cole a little bit better than Deshaun Jackson personally because he's the go-to. Deshaun Jackson, this whole thing could taper off with the Bucks. And, yeah, and Deshaun Jackson can come – everything can come back down to earth. Uh, once again, as a risk-averse person, I like the, uh, the consistency that I think you'll get from Cole rather than the high splash you're getting from Deshaun Jackson. If I'm a Deshaun Jackson owner, I might look at moving him while he still holds his top five, top ten value currently. Okay. Um, yeah, with nine, nine for 275 and three touchdowns in two games. I'd say that's a touch yeah. unsustainable. Yeah, that's a t- uh, especially, I mean, he's still fast, but it's unsustainable for him. Um, I have one more. Uh, I, re- I really like uh, Mike Williams, currently owned at 35.3% of leagues. Uh, game script really worked against him this week, even though he did get a touchdown, two catches. Uh, the, tar- the Chargers got on top of the Bills early, and then they really just coasted the rest of the way. Um, they really struggled in the, sec- in the third quarter, but they, to me, they weren't really trying. I think they got like four yards in the third quarter. Um, uh, Keenan Allen owners were also frustrated in that game. Yes, we were. Um, uh, he's going to have a tough matchup this next week against Peters or Tlaib because he lines up on the outside. Um, but much like the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm buying on the Chargers right now. Uh, Mike Williams is a big body in the red zone. There's currently no real tight end presence. That is not a cheap shot at Gates, but Gates doesn't have the speed to continue to work inside the 20s, like 20 to 20. And I don't see him really being that much of a target to get separation uh, or to really do a jump ball in the end zone. So I still like Williams to be the go-to red zone threat for this team. And Keenan Allen owners shouldn't be too too freaked out either. Keenan Allen led red zone targets last year from all receivers. So those two will really be the guy, the guys in the red zone. I, I like Mike Williams. All right, yeah, Mike Williams is owned in 60% of Yahoo League, so that was why I kind of moved off of him. Uh, the, the last name that I'll just throw out quickly is Geronimo Allison. Uh, yep. Through two games, 11 catches, 133 yards in a TD. He's averaging about six, you know, 60 yards. What, he had 69 and 64 in his two games so far, and a touchdown in week one. He is being used by Aaron Rodgers. He is being targeted. If either Devontae Adams or Cobb goes down, he moves into a more prominent role. Yeah, uh, so. he, he was kind of my honorable mention, if you will. He would have been the guy that I just would have made a quick statement, but I'm glad that you did. Okay. All right, so there's our, there's our wide receivers. Uh, let's go ahead and hit up the tight ends. So tight ends, in, in no particular order. Uh, actually, I'll do an order. Number one, O.J. Howard. Um, currently owned in 21.5% of ESPN leagues. Um, The big man, Howard, has tremendous, tremendous big play capability, Uh, and he put it on display this week. Once again, we kind of joked yesterday that as soon as the Bucs hit the 25-yard line, they decided to score a 75-yard touchdown. Um, Fitzpatrick's at the helm, and even if the Bucs decide to do something stupid and put Winston back in as a starter in week four, Howard maintains his position with huge value. His ability... After the catch is top-notch, and if Howard were to get the types of target share that top tight ends are getting, you'd get kind of a top three to five tight end out of Howard. But he's just not getting the target share um, because they're wanting to target Evans, Godwin, Jackson. There's other weapons there that prevent him from being a more heavily targeted person. And don't forget Cameron Braid. I know he hasn't really been targeted, but he's still there. I'm not grabbing Braid. And we've talked about Braid a lot, so it's kind of a shame personally on the show that we don't get to talk about him anymore. Uh, but the upside's huge, and the downside is small because of the playmaking ability after the catch. If He could have one catch for 80 yards. 
He's almost like the Tyreek of of tight ends, <laughs> if you will. Just not as fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the thing about Cameron Brait is Cameron Brait was, was the favorite target of Jameis Winston. Yes. Which I'm amazed that Cameron Brait isn't, a, you know, it doesn't have that big, great connection with Ryan Fitzpatrick, considering they're both Harvard boys. I don't know. I, I think college allegiances go out the window when you sign for that check. Um, yeah, so I'm, I agree with you there on, on O.J. Howard. He's owned in almost 70% of Yahoo leagues, so the fact that he's that unowned in, uh, in uh, ESPN, I, I actually own him in, in ESPN and owned you this week because <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was hoping that we could get through the show without you mentioning that, but that was high hopes, I guess. Had to throw that in. All right. Uh, the guy that I'm looking at, um, and just, you know, Justin will agree with me, 31% in Yahoo leagues. Uh, how much is he owned in, in ESPN? Are we talking about uh, the Disley? Yep. Uh, 24.3. All right. So, Will Disley, uh, again, only three catches, but he's been targeted five times in two games in a row, got into the end zone again. He is, right now, he is the big end zone target. Him and, and Brandon Marshall are the big red zone targets. I think Will Disley has, is showing his ability to get loose. Uh, catching, you know, his run after the catch, uh, was it for his, was it 30-yard gain or whatever that he had early, uh, in the game? Bowling guys over, holding on to the ball. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Will Disley. They may need to start sculpting a little bit of the offense towards him. Yeah, and and it's the the point I was going to make if if I was going to lead on this was that week one, once again another long run where he bowled over people in Denver, uh, and had it not been for a slight overthrow by Wilson, I mentioned this last week, he would have had two touchdowns. This week he underthrows him in the first half, could have also been a touchdown. So. Had it not been for those two misses from Wilson, you're looking at a potential, obviously, the what-if game can get redundant, but uh, you're looking at a tight end who could have four touchdowns and be the number one tight end in the league right now with yeah. just a little bit more of touch on the ball. And so, uh, once again, Seahawks use tight ends. This was not just a Jimmy Graham play when Jimmy Graham was here. They use their tight ends. They use them well. And right now with Baldwin out, I don't really see a whole lot of other options outside of Lockett. Lockett I, well, I am not even a buyer on Marshall personally. I, well, Brandon Marshall, again, it's, it's possession receiving. He's not going to get a whole lot of separation. So it's jump balls like it was with, Jim, with Jimmy Graham in the red zone. Or third yeah. downs. And, or third downs, yeah. That's, that's about it from Brandon Marshall that I'm seeing. So, uh, Do you have any more tight ends that, uh, that you're looking at? That really rounds it out. I'm not looking at once again. We don't. We kind of. We could stream tight ends. These are really the two that stick out to me the most. Um, when we get into bye weeks, there's a little bit more at play because guys are sitting. You need to pick someone up, and it gets a little bit deeper. But right now, those are the two that really stand out. Uh, and I said OJ Howard gets the lead. I, I may. I may flip that to Disley now because he's the number one tight end Howard still is the number one tight end but all of those other targets there getting touchdowns Godwin uh, Jackson Evans all getting touchdowns Disley's really the only one who scored consistently from Seattle yeah uh, one name I'll throw out real quick I picked him up this year and, and yes he scored a whopping goose egg this week Jonu Smith now I the reason I throw this name out he's only 20% owned I he's a streaming option um, the thing about the thing about Smith that I want to put out there is the fact that he is the Delaney Walker um, replacement. That he's he's an absolute freak of an athlete. However, he didn't have Marcus Mariota in there throwing to him. Who loves throwing the short pass to the tight ends? He had Blaine Gabbert. Because Blaine Gabbert was the quarterback, they were hardly passing the ball anyways. They the whole game script was set up to just hand the ball off to Derrick Henry. So, I would, you know, John o. Smith is not going to get picked up most likely on waivers. He's the guy that if you want to wait and see and make sure that Mariota's coming back and you need a tight end and everyone else is picked up, you didn't get, say you didn't get the waiver picks that you wanted and he's still out there, 
then he is a guy that I would be willing to look at as a possibility, again, only if Mariota is starting on Sunday. Yeah. I would be wary. Jacksonville and Philadelphia the next two weeks, once buys start coming into play, yeah, it's an option if you can't get something else, but only if Mariota's playing. Yeah, again, it's two conditions. Mariota has to be starting, and you didn't get your other waiver wire picks. So, your last resort. Yeah. So, that, that's it for me. Uh, that's all I've got. Again, we want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to uh, to us and uh, some of our pontification every once in a while. Uh, we really appreciate uh, the fact that you have trusted uh, us with uh, some fantasy football advice. Again, we are the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrude. Uh, go ahead and sign off, Justin. Have a good one, guys. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, wherever you hear us. We'll talk to you later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.